What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listeners, to Chapter 208 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, The Elon Musk Becomes a Mod episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. The world's richest man, Elon Musk, now has a lot less money to spend on horses for his sexual harassment victims. And that's because he teamed up with investors, including the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, to purchase Twitter for a whopping $44 billion. The first big promise change, making people pay for verified accounts. And that is a real shame because without that precious blue check mark, anybody with a fake name and a stock photo could claim to be Travis View. Mm, The Mm. real danger. So true. You know, he's under attack, so of course he had to write an episode about it. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to really stick it to him. After Musk sealed the deal, he promptly got to work joining Republicans and spreading fake news about the attack on Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband in their home. Now, Paul Pelosi was assaulted by a hammer-wielding former nudist uh, who was radicalized by right-wing conspiracy theories online, and of course, because things are weird, is also Canadian. So, fun stuff in this episode. We'll be untangling this mess, and not me. (laughs) <laughs> you won't be untangling no, no, it? No, I'm going to stay You're tangled. You're going to be retangling. Okay. I'm, and, and you'd be adding some more tangles to the mess. Yeah, okay. I got, I mean, I got a, a, a whole hoorah's nest up here. You know, it's <laughs> your, no brush. No brush is going to straighten these curls out. Maybe I can help you with this hammer. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, can't. Travis, take the podcast away from us. Well, yeah, before I really get started, I want to point out that like, we're a podcast that talks about online fringe conspiracism and how it kind of like intersects and, and sort of leaps out of the internet and affects the real world. And we're, we're supposed to talk about weird fringe topics, things that the normies aren't even aware of until it's too late and it affects them too. But instead, today, we're talking about the most discussed news items in the country because we live in an increasingly pilled world in which weird fringe online conspiracism and mainstream news items are just one of the same. So I just wanted to point that out, how disturbing that is. So back in April, Elon Musk offered to buy Twitter for the meme price of $54.20. That's $54.20. Twenty cents. Very funny. Got it. So a little nod to the four twenty enjoyers out there, I guess. Yes, because it was very funny. So that would value the company, overvalue the company at forty four billion dollars. He himself, Elon himself, has acknowledged this is an overvalued price. But I think it's worth noting that Elon tried to back out of this deal not once but three times (laughs) (laughs) because of this. So. Important context when he, when he talks about how much he wanted to buy Twitter because he wanted to, like, help humanity and stuff. He apparently did not want to help humanity at the price he paid for it. Yeah, he also said at one point he was going to, like, help uh, solve world hunger by putting $6 billion into that. But no, not going to happen. And yeah. I guess he found a lot more to just uh, buy a company in which he didn't like the replies he was getting. It It pains me to imagine what $44 billion could have done for those in our society who are struggling. 
We could have, for example, converted that money into pennies and then dropped the entire thing on Elon Musk. (laughs) That's a lot of pennies, Julian. I mean, how many of those billions could have gone towards the most expensive hitman on Earth? (laughs) I won't say what he would do, but, you know, you know. Now, I remember when the when the lawsuits were going on, they were like, oh, oh, this is this is like 5D chess. Elon Musk, the genius, what he's doing is that he's he's making them go to court um, in order to reveal the bots that are, yes. that are sure that are corrupting Twitter. Or he's I taking them to court in order to um, lower the price. Instead, what happened was that there was a lot of embarrassing text messages between Elon Musk and other people that were revealed, and it did not lower the price a single penny. So he got nothing. His sort of private communications were exposed. And that's all that was accomplished. Because people keep acting like, you know, every move that Elon Musk does is brilliant. But here's a real tangible example of him trying to do something and then accomplishing nothing but making lawyers slightly richer. Well, I think what it does show is that our reality, our everyday, the things that, you know, matter to us and our communities are just things that can be blown out of the way by a giant toddler in the big playground we've built for the wealthiest, that they can just follow their whims, do whatever, make a joke, then make it real. They can do anything they want, and then our lives just have to kind of go with that. And and Elon has a history of doing that, of, of taking things that are sort of internet memes or jokes and trying to turn them into real, uh, tangible sort of things. He's done it. He's done it with cryptocurrency. Now he's doing it with Twitter. Um, I guess he kind of did it with space. Um, you yeah, know, there's... because the, the, the unspoken contract was always like, if you're a billionaire and you're working in this fucked up world where basically you can bend reality because you have enough money to, you have to follow certain etiquette, right? You have to pretend that there's still this serious thing happening and that you understand that other people exist out there. And he's just like, well, what if I didn't? He is the spoiled brat descendant of the like, you know, boring bald guys uh, in the fucking back rooms. Mm -hmm. And he's uh, well, and he might be bald, too, if it wasn't for all that money, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I'm so glad about that. But like he's said himself, you know, the dumbest, stupidest, funniest thing is what ends up, you know, becoming reality. He said that? Yeah, he said that. He's yeah, I think he said it on Joe Rogan or something where where he basically and you kind of see, you know, you see that attitude that like he's like, "Well, I actually have the power to make the dumbest yeah. thing happen." But also like he's not a joker. He's a he's he's actually like a right-wing fucking mm-hmm. type of guy who doesn't believe in labor unions and so it's like ha ha ha, but like Actually, when it comes down to it, you know, he's going to, like, put in place a way shittier world for any workers that have anything to do with things under his control. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) remember, Elon Musk once tweeted that he was going to take Tesla private for 420 per share. And this led to because what he says has real impacts on the market. This led him to settling with the SEC for 40 million dollars in penalties. Yeah, what the fuck does he care? He doesn't care. People, like, if if things don't go his way, as we saw with the Twitter deal, he's just going to borrow money from the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. It's because it's just like, yeah, Elon, fuck him up. Like, this is funny because they're, they're, they're also very bored. 
you know, all these yeah. young men that have inherited the old money, they're fucking bored as hell. And they're like, oh, man, well, this guy at least, like, stirs stirs shit up, you know? Let's see what happens. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, because there's no consequences for them Nothing. whatsoever. Nothing. And that's why, like, I think he is bad, but he's also, like, a canary in the coal mine that we should all kind of pay attention to, which is that, like... At this point, if someone at of his level wants to just not be serious about our lives, he doesn't have to be. It'll just it'll just fuck everything up. Elon Musk commemorated his purchase of Twitter by posting a video of himself entering Twitter headquarters while holding a sink and tweeting, "Let that sink in." He's so fucking stupid. He's such a boomer. It's just a dumb joke. It's just a dumb pun. It's just a dumb pun. But but that is uh, that is an example of like this kind of wealth. Like some people might just say like let that you know let that sink in and then tap their sink. But this guy has has the time. He has the funds to just br- and and the commitment to the bit to bring in a whole sink for a fucking picture. You know what I mean? But it's like the it is literally like what if you made a Reddit or a billionaire? Yeah, it's, uh, that's what we're seeing is just the some of the worst humor on the internet just. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But he thought he thought it was very funny. So here's the video. It's not even a great bit. No, I mean, the video so payoff is not sad. great. It's just they. He so he did it. He does sort of doesn't know what a good button is to sort of get out of the bit. It's no, just like because he's an entirely humorless mm-hmm. motherfucker, no. actually. Here's what kind of bothers me about Elon Musk is that, is that you know, billionaires generally think that regular people are worms who are only good for like labor and wealth extraction. But Elon Musk also thinks regular people are worms, but he also wants the worms to think he's cool and funny. Yeah. Like yeah. Mark Zuckerberg isn't like that. Mark Zuckerberg, he's trying to create like this metaverse thing in which he is a god in which we are all plugged in to a matrix in which every surface is a potential uh, ad media. And um, and he, he wants to turn us all into batteries, but he doesn't care whether or not we think Mark Zuckerberg is cool or funny. He knows about all of our jokes, our lizard people jokes. He does not give a shit because he thinks we're so far beneath him. But that's because Mark Zuckerberg is too busy trying to convince us he's actually human. <laughs> yeah, Elon, Elon is just trying to convince you he's funny. Yeah. Mark's trying to convince you he's real. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like he, there's this weird, yeah, that's weird. Where, I, why? Why does he, is this this weird insecurity where it's like, oh, if you, I don't know, it's just like if you have that much wealth and power, you'd think you would just not give a shit what the rest of the peasants think. But he seems to give a shit. That's, it's always been that way, right? I mean, you actually can't escape your humanity. No matter how much money and power you get, you just, you're still the same fucking weird, idiosyncratic human being. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just that now we're in the online age, so we're finding out what it looks like to have a fucking, one of the worst types of posters, uh, a Redditor, uh, in charge of something. It kind of reminds me of like how Ghislaine Maxwell was able to worm her way in the top levels of society. It's like, what, what exactly value did she bring? And it was that she was able to 
take these billionaires and make them cool in certain social scenes, you know, they're able to like introduce them to the people. And apparently that's, that was something that <laughs> money normally couldn't buy, which is like, you know, being cool or being around, you know, uh, the, the cool people. So you're saying Epstein's cool? No, I'm saying that. It sounds uh, like you're saying Epstein's I'm saying, cool. I'm saying, I'm, well, first of all, the first thing I'm saying is fuck you, Julian. And the second <laughs> thing I'm saying is that. Is Here that, we go. Is Let's that, go. That, Let's get it. She was able to uh, <laughs> leverage her her uh, sort of knowledge of how like high level society works in order to make these awkward billionaire nerds um, into uh, sort of funnel them into like the party circuit. Yeah, it's true. She did get that, like, um, what was it, uh, Gateway or Dell? What, who, who was it? It was a Dell. Yeah, yeah, it was the CEO of Dell. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, and she like basically was like, you should dress like this, and you know, yeah, be, dress be like, this, like this, and then we, yeah, then you donate to these nonprofits so you can get the, to these cool rooms, and you know, people will like you in a certain way. So yeah. God, oh, the sadness, just the empty rooms. Every one of these people's inner lives is like that fucking mansion at the end of. Uh, at the end of Citizen Kane, it's just this big, empty mansion, and everyone's gone. Yeah, right. Yeah, Citizen Kane, that movie about a man who, <laughs> a spoiled rich man who bought a media uh, property in order to make himself feel important. Yep. So the big change that's coming, allegedly, is that uh, they're going to start charging for the blue check mark. And um, Elon himself announced this change with this tweet. Twitter's current lords and peasant system for who has or doesn't have a blue check mark is bullshit. Power to the people. Blue for $8 a month. Now, blue, that refers to the uh, already existing sort of premium Twitter service. Yeah, by the way, I know that there's a big kerfuffle and we're about to jump into this, but he also said in another tweet that there's going to still be a, a, a tag that is not the blue check mark or whatever the fuck that labels people that they've been verified as their own public selves. Yeah, media so he, personality, just, government officials. I have a feeling that check mark's not even really going away. It's just going to look different. And then the blue thing, like having the check mark next to your name in the old aesthetic sense is going to become just the whether you pay eight bucks a month or not. So, and, and it's, it's been it's, wild to see yeah, how people how, are so sad. How about people it. reacting to shit. it? Oh God, I've seen people that have screenshotted their their profile as it stands now and made their banner or made their pin tweet a picture of what their account looked like when they were verified by the old guard, which is such, Amazing. it is so stupid yeah. and so, a, a, such a perfect example of where people's priorities are. And, you know, it's like, let's think about this. It's like, okay, the blue check mark is gone unless you pay $8 a month. That means that Jordan Sather, potentially, could pay $8 a month and have a blue check mark next to his name. Sure. Now, there are, uh, you know, there are other media people who are, will not pay for the blue check mark, but they still want you to know that they are who yeah. they say they are on the platform where none of that matters anymore because it's just like... But that'll still happen via this, like, secondary tag that he's mentioned or whatever. Yeah, I mean... So we'll that's what's so funny is that the whole thing is just him... 
making a mess because he's like, well, wait a second. So people are paying for this blue thing, but they don't get a check mark. No wonder no one's signed up for this. Man, let's make them sign up for that because that's the thing that people really want. Yeah. And he's also just angry in general at blue check marks. So he wanted to di- disrupt the system because he has too many, you know, blue check mark like journalists writing uh, yeah. uh, 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 articles about how much of a dipshit he is, which is very funny. I mean, the whole thing is kind of very funny, actually, when you look at it that way. Um, and you know what? Like, maybe this is the beginning of the end of Twitter. And you know what? Fucking hell yeah. Because yeah, hell first yeah. of all, there's no fucking way I'm paying $8 a month no way. for anything related to Twitter. My, I don't give a fuck what it has to do with. My tweets Nothing. were way no better money. when I didn't have the fucking verified badge on. I feel bad every time I scroll that site. Yeah. They should pay me to be on it. Fuck you. I will pay nothing. And yeah. I, I think it's very funny that QAnon influencers will have blue check marks and that journalists will look dumb if they also pay. And it's, <laughs> yes. it's a horrible situation. It's put them into a very precarious position because it's all of a sudden the case system no longer matters. You yeah. know what I mean? It's And yet, for so many years, this blue check mark was a thing. You you had people just, you know, adding Twitter all the time begging, saying, begging. Well, give, me, give me my check. Where's my check mark? Where's my check mark? You we, finally we, we got by the one. way, we got check marks because we were literally banned from Twitter. Yes. And when they reinstated us, well, you know, they got in touch and we're like, hey, uh, well, while you're at it, hook us up. And they did. Uh, but losing it couldn't give a shit. Fuck off. Who cares? Yeah. What what exactly? I mean, I, I just I'm ready to just say goodbye to Twitter. Just just let's fucking put this. <laughs> let's give this thing a Vikings funeral. Yeah. Let's fucking yeah. put Twitter on a fucking raft. Put it out to sea and shoot a flaming arrow at it, dude. You know what'll be really, it. really funny is if all of the conspiracy theorists and, um, you know, sort of like right wing QAnon or non QAnon sort of influencers, all who so desperately wanted to shove it in the libs' faces, you know, they pony up the eight bucks a month, and all the fucking prior blue checkmark journalists are like, you know what, we're going to Telegram, and and the two <laughs> social media platforms just. I mean, Fucking there is some argument to be made that, that this is exactly what Elon wanted. Is yes. that he wanted to be able to fuck up the website where so many replies pissed him off, and that those replies had little verified check marks next to him, and he just wanted to aesthetically reach in there and just scramble that. Yeah, and you know, and if in the process it fucking sinks to the bottom of the ocean, he he probably, I mean, that's probably a, a satisfying outcome for him. Yeah. So people, you know, it's like. Either way, like he wins because he, he gets can to write play it off with as a loss. Everybody else's money. He doesn't yeah. pay any taxes, and uh, it's like you know. I mean, I think it'll make the world more nihilistic than ever. Why not? Why not? I'll pledge. I'll pledge allegiance to Elon. Let's go, man. I'm fucking. I'm a. I'm a muskite or whatever they call themselves. I'm. <laughs> A musky a boy. Mus- it's a muskrat, I think, is yeah, the Yeah, a muskrat, a musky going, boy. Yeah. Just <laughs> chewing at the wood, you know? Just, I want to, mm. oh, I want Elon's toes in my mouth. I oh, want, well. I want to ride him like a surfboard. Well. All right. Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out. It's like, yeah, you're right. The check mark has sort of like, I guess, devolved into like a weird little caste or class system where there are haves and have nots. But it was intended in its purpose is for safety and integrity. Basically, it's like mm-hmm. if you see a tweet from, for example, Shaquille O'Neal, who was one of the first celebrities to have a blue check mark, 
And you want some you want some assurance that is actually coming from Shaquille O'Neal or more seriously, if you see like a tweet coming from the White House, you know, you want some assurance uh, that is actually coming from a government entity and not, you know, someone who just uh, signed up for at White House underscore or something like that. Yeah. If you want uh, to verify that Kanye West did, in fact, say that he was going DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people, you can see that the check marks there next to his name. Guys, clearly the answer here is another (laughs) social media Twitter clone. So eventually we'll we'll have all all of the peasants will have blue check marks right on on Twitter. Uh, That'll be, you know, a no man's land. Um, Truth Social will have, you know, all of your Republican Mm -hmm. leadership verified on there. And we just need like a real truth dot com where everybody uh, who who's a liberal or, or center left um, they can have their own and Twitter will just be kind of like Twitter will be here. Here's what it'll be. Twitter will be like the desert. OK, um, uh, okay. Uh, truth social will be um, bullet town. What? Uh, uh, you know, real truth, real truth.com will be gas town okay. and uh, I will be Mad Max roving the wasteland, oh the last of the interceptors. Okay. I think we need to take Jake out back and put a blue check mark through his head. <laughs> Do it. I dare you. Aim it higher so you get it right. He looks insane. He's wearing a beanie covering his, <laughs> most of his head. Oh, God. I've never seen you look so close to like a Gary Busey. I feel insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I what don't it is. I feel good. This week has been horrible. Yeah. So you know what? Fuck it. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm going to suck Elon Musk's dick. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I've always wanted to do and say live on the podcast, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to say it. You've put it out. Julian, as Elon would say, the stupidest, weirdest, uh, you know, thing uh, is often uh, the reality. Don't stop quoting, probably misquoting Elon Musk. He's not allowed to go into the quote books, okay? Leave that. I I want people to remember Sun Tzu, but not him. So... Elon Musk, obviously, he got a lot of criticism for the $8 a month price. Um, and so in response, he started seeing memes as mentions. He started reposting them. This is also, a very, by the way, a very Trumpian move, or at least a Dan Scavino kind of move, where he sort of like he reaches into the, uh, of the online world of sycophants and then he finds the memes that praise him and he, and he just amplifies them to his 100 million plus uh, followers. Epic. Epic. So the first meme that Elon Musk reposted is a soy jack meme. So it features the uh, gritting soy jack uh, sort of smiling at a Starbucks drink that costs $8 and then crying and yelling at a blue check mark that also costs $8. He's also pointing out here that it's 30 minutes for the Starbucks cup and 30 days for the yeah, enjoyable days sip of, of joy. Of fucking misery. Like, oh, yeah, great. Oh, you're slow injecting me with misery for 30 days. That's somehow worse than a Starbucks. He's got it wrong. Crap-a-lap-a-dap-a. Yeah, one of of those delicious Starbucks sweeties with the whipped cream on it. I enjoy every (laughs) fucking second of that shit. But every time I log into Twitter, every time, unless it's, you know, I get a beautiful message from one of you beautiful, beautiful sweeties out there. Every other time... It's misery and pain. It's misery and pain. The only time I get joy on Twitter is reading patch update notes from my favorite video game developers. Everything else can suck it. 
Yeah, that's true. And also, Jake does drink these Starbucks drinks over 30 days. By I, the end, they have mold, but he's still sipping the last I can't anymore. Sips. Yeah, I can't drink those anymore. Just iced coffee for me from now on. I can't do the sweeties. I found out I found out through my Weight Watchers points that those sweetie, sweetie, delicious beaties, they, uh, man, that's like three quarters of my points for the day. So can't be doing those anymore. Yeah, it turns out they're really bad for you. Yeah, huh? yeah apparently they got a lot of sugar. <laughs> 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 a lot of sugar, a lot of cream, Dude, a lot of dairy. Okay. The white of his eyes are showing above his. <laughs> it's not good. Another meme that Musk reposted uh, was an NPC meme. He loves these. So uh, it shows an NPC uh, complaining $8 a month for Twitter verification, so much for free speech. And then someone else responds, You can just use Twitter for free just without the benefits. And of course, the NPC, the unthinking NPC, gets very mad with cross eyes. Well, um, and, but but there's some reality to this, right? The, the the idea that, you know, if you have the verified badge and you and you have that as a, you know, you use that as a source of pride or or whatever, uh, yeah, you don't want that badge taken away. The, these these folks at the end of the day, even saying, you know, uh, you know, fascist Elon Musk is taking over Twitter and it's going to be a dumpster fire and stuff. They still want people to know that they're special. Yeah, that I they're mean, important I, on social I media. I don't know if you saw someone had like kind of put together the amount of different times that Mueller, she wrote, begged for a verified badge. And it was amazing, amazing, just over and over for years, like, please. And then cajoling and then fucking getting angry. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And then, this is all we've got left. And I want then, my little pin. It makes me important. Well, and then they got it. And. You know, you know, they got it because their account skyrocketed when there was a new investigation to bake. Of course. So you can literally like if you look, I haven't done this at all. I haven't done. this. No, no, no. We would never care about something. So I would petty. never care about. Something we wouldn't care so about petty. them getting invited to the White House, for but, example. But you can pinpoint the announcement of the January 6th committee, uh, you know, and and all of a sudden a, a steep rise in their in their listenership. And they they got like, you know, 200,000 uh, new followers and they had to get the verified badge. And now that it's going to be taken away, they have screenshotted a picture of their verified badge and then also like post like pinned like a chain letter. What essentially looks like a chain letter uh, where somebody crafted the verbiage uh, that's like like for all intents and purposes like from now until end of time may it be known that this count was verified pre uh, Elon sale like yeah. like that means anything to anybody we are we are squabbling over a yep. made up class system in a online world that doesn't isn't fucking real well it's more real than your freaking nba 2k and you care about that no i think it is as real at least we all care about our own online i'm trying worlds. to i'm trying to think of an argument against that but <laughs> I, I, I let me think about that and i will get back to you on why that is not true <laughs> And one other thing is like, uh, listen, I spent some time working in marketing and I've never seen a strategy that involves essentially negging your user base, calling them soy jacks and NPCs and basically calling them whiners 
for um over the changes that you're planning like the normal strategy be like rest assured we're going to you know alleviate all of your concerns it's going to be great there's no hyping it's just like all we're making this change and if you are sad about it then be sad you little bitch it's a it's just a strange strategy it's because it's not a strategy. He doesn't care. He's literally, he can do whatever he wants and he's gonna. He doesn't <laughs> give a shit about anything, about how to yeah. run companies. Because guess I what? Mean, like his smoke and mirrors fucking PT Barnum ass approach works just fine. That's how deteriorated things are. It yeah. doesn't matter. And in some ways, dropping the fucking mask, dropping the facade of like uh, the, the serious billionaire who actually cares, like in the kind of Bill Gates uh, manner, is revealing there's something kind of refreshing almost about yeah. seeing them be giant babies and and lose control of their own public narrative. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, Julian, Julian, you you hit it earlier on. I, I think all he wants to do is sow chaos uh, into a platform and take away the things that he knows will make the people who criticized him or the people he doesn't yes. like mad. Yes. And he, that he can and afford that's it. He can afford to borrow money from he, like the fucking Saudi crown and spend $44 billion and go into debt, uh, and fire half the company and do whatever he wants just so he pisses off like the, the 40 people that, that made him angry by publishing <laughs> articles and making fun of him online. Yeah. Just so, you know, Ken, Klippenstein can lose his yeah, blue check yeah. mark. That's how petty this motherfucker is. And dude. in the meantime, the hilarious thing is that like Elon has like I don't know like a hundred million followers. Like he's got he is like a massive account. You would think that you know, look, yeah, but he, he doesn't care because it hurts his little feelings. Yeah, because it's like oh you didn't you didn't get the followers, but but you do have a check mark, so it does sting when I see you in my fucking mentions or whatever. It's all self esteem shit. I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. like when we were doing Twitch streams, and everybody in the chat, there'd be maybe a hundred people in the chat having a great time laughing and then there'd be one person that was like your your podcast is actually platform what do you have to say to the allegations that your podcast is platforming QNR some dumb shit like that yeah. and i was not able to focus on the 99 no. people having a great time no. all i could think about was that one, one person, person that's trolling and so this this kind of mentality this baby this babyness yes, which i fully baby. which i fully own um it's you know, no matter how much money is in your bank account, you cannot no. escape that if you're not working on why that shit pisses you off. And it's clear. So true. It's clear that Elon isn't, you know, isn't working oh, no. through any of this shit. Why would he? I think he wants to see it crash and burn. I think he's hoping that a huge influx of users who will go nanny nanny boo boo, fuck you to all the blue check journalists. I'll pay the $8 a month to see, you know, Freedom 17 1976 uh Hitlery Hitlery loses uh have a blue fucking check mark next to it the joy it's all it all boils down to what will piss off the libs the most that yeah. that it's but it, also like it, let's not forget that no matter what we do no matter how much we make fun of him like this guy has government contracts he's linked in with the military yes like he is part of he's not actually an anti-establishment figure this man is deeply linked with all of the yes. most evil forces <laughs> internationally he can borrow money from the saudis like yeah let's not forget that uh, that right. all of this is just a he's a, been uh, in the hollywood movies he's connected to the military he owns a media company i mean he is the at the intersection of the deep state yeah
And that's why I want to suck his penis. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously this purchase has excited a lot of conservatives and right-wingers because they think that the change will end the shadow banning. It'll end the censorship. It'll end the, the um, de-boosting, whatever fucking complaints they have well, about no, social media. Travis, no, n- there's a whole new sect of people now complaining about shadow banning. It's, right. it's flipped. It rocks. It's flipped. It there rocks. are new people going, I, I noticed, I noticed that my, uh, I'm, I've lost this many followers yeah. Does anybody else get unfollowed by everybody me? is getting Every- up in the morning and reading they're literally like they're they're cutting open the the like the the corvid of the fucking algorithm yeah. and reading the guts and being like oh today yeah. the algorithm <laughs> so, has bad omens. so a new so so a new a new unintended right. perhaps consequence is going to be there will be a new slew of conspiracy yes. theorists what is for sure is that there will be no rest yeah there, there will, will be, be no rest, rest until we are put <laughs> yeah. in our graves there will be no rest somebody's getting somebody's getting shadow banned so, <laughs> You know, just just like oh, who unfollowed my account? Just oh, and yeah. new and oh, well, well, Alon and and the Crown Prince, well, they're working together, and it's yeah, ah, ah, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be, it's just there's, it's a new slew of of ways that oh, the system might be being tampered with, and you know what? Those fears are founded because the system is probably going to be tampered with in a certain way that 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 caters to uh, a more it. favored the political. We have perspective. We have no power. The only thing we can do is that in the moment, if our enemy is being punished under these unfair and nebulous rules we have no control over, we can go, yes, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. And then when we get punished, we go, oh, no, what What the heck? Why am I being punished? By it's a, That's it. Just rejoice in the punishment of your enemies by the fucking nebulous dark forces that control our world. And then yes. because tomorrow, because tomorrow it might be you. Rejoice in the punishment of your enemies. Okay. You will. And complain. Right. And complain. <laughs> and complain at the punishment of yourself. Uh, a bunch of uh, QAnon um, influencers actually came rushing back to Twitter, um, including like Jordan Sather. <laughs> Um, thinking that like you know oh, no. the new rules no. would like allow them to stay on. Jordan Sather was suspended uh, <laughs> shortly afterwards because nothing re- sub- nothing you know substantively has changed. Um, mm-hmm. There's also uh, was it oh yeah Romana Didolo. She made a new Twitter yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's back. She's back. Great. The yeah. Queen is back. Yeah, the Queen of Canada. QAnon Queen of Canada. Uh, so, so they're trying, I think, I think her account's still up. They'll probably get, be suspended soon. But, uh, yeah, so they're at least testing the waters, trying to, God, these people, they, they love posting so fucking much. They just can't get enough of it. Um, but, um, yeah, they, it has not been working out so well, but there's still, there's still this great hope. There's still this great, it's like, oh man, once Elon Musk cleans house and fixes everything, then all of a sudden there's going to be free speech on Twitter once again. But I do want to point out that there has been some dissents. There's like there's been a lot of uh, conservatives and right wingers who are like who are not 100 percent bored on the Elon train. Um, <laughs> in fact, uh, Elon Musk caused a bit of stir among conspiracists because his Halloween costume was something called the Devil's Champion. Mm-hmm. Mm. It consists of a, a plated red leather armor and a devil's goat head and an mm-hmm. upside down cross on a chest. Mm-hmm. Now it's not it's not a custom costume. Uh, it was apparently sold off the rack for seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah, no, he wouldn't care enough to like 
do have something his own interesting. Costume he made. wouldn't be cool enough to go as a worm like Heidi. Yeah, Klum. Heidi Klum's costume as a full-on worm. That was uh, actually quite quite good. Yeah, that was that. I gotta give it to her. That was a good costume. She's she sucks and she's evil, but that was cool. More of these people need to be put into worm costumes and then find out they can't get out of them. <laughs> we need to lock these people into the worm costumes. Yeah, and just leave them in there for a couple of years so by the end of it, they get spit out like uh, John Voight at the end of uh, Anaconda, <laughs> you know, just covered in slime, half digested. <laughs> <laughs> worm costumes for all. So this was uh, this is obviously a big problem for the Christian conspiracists who might otherwise be sympathetic to Elon Musk. For example, the right wing blog Gateway Pundit said this. Musk's take on free speech should be celebrated. But as of right now, it's quite fair to question why the world's richest man, who is also a major U.S. defense contractor, SpaceX, and is the owner of Neuralink, a company attempting to hook the human brain up to computers, is wearing the Baphomet coupled with inverted crosses as if it's a badge of honor. So not not oh. quite understanding his uh, his his most potentially enthusiastic supporters on the part of Elon Musk, I think. Amazing to watch like a room of adults argue over like what the teenager wearing that day like means for them, like what portent <laughs> yeah. uh, it carries with it. Oh yeah, they're they're gonna bake everything he does every single day. They're gonna start baking his tweets in detail. So. This is not the only sign of cracks between the right and Elon Musk. He also had a falling out with the highly influential MAGA cat, cat Turd 2. Oh, he lost it's, Cat Turd. So, oh, he, I mean, Cat Turd 2 We're has fucked. nearly a million followers. No. I mean, hugely, hugely influential no. on Twitter. No, not Cat Turd, not Cat Turd. And so, so at first, Cat Turd 2 seemed, you know, um, at least open to the changes. So here's, here's what Cat Turd 2 Tweeted at first. Report. Day one of at Elon Musk owning Twitter. I'll be doing this every day to see if anything changes. <laughs> As of now, I'm still shadow banned, ghost banned, search banned, and Twitter removed 1,200 followers today. As usual, meow. Nothing has changed. I'll report again tomorrow, meow. <laughs> I'm going to be posting about this every day. Oh, looks like I woke up again and I'm cursed by God and I'm dirty <laughs> and I've shat myself. This tweet was um, responded to directly by Elon Musk himself. And he said this. I will be digging in more today. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be digging in the kitty litter, trying to find <laughs> cat turds. Yeah, just looking for clumps. Why can't we find the cat turd? This is this is what gets me, man. This is like literally the wealthiest man in the world, right? He could go to Antarctica with a trebuchet and launch Lamborghinis and then shoot them out of the sky with a howitzer for fun. Damn, if that he wanted cool. to. Instead, instead, he's on Twitter trying to placate Cat Turd Two, trying to yep. uh, yep. trying to reassure Cat Turd Two that he's going to make all the changes that Cat Turd Two wants to happen because he's on his phone, like. We all are. <laughs> we have better things to do. We have meaningful interactions we could be having in our that's life. True. And we just have it's, our fucking heads down in our phone. That's true. We have I mean, the phone that's disease. That's a good point. He's I have the terminal. room to judge. Yeah, you are a terminal phone disease man, and you're saying that you could be doing a million other things. And yeah, look what you enough. spend your time doing. I have been tweeting a lot less than I used to. And again, I would, yeah. I would actually attribute to that to my working on my mental health deliberately. That's true, but you have also been screen capping cat turd to put it in documents and talk about 
What? What? Where are we? I don't know. Where are we? We have a billionaire who, who you know, strong-armed his weight, uh, you know, borrowed money uh, from very bad person to, <laughs> to to complete this sale, and here he yeah. is, like reassuring, like a complaining account. We don't even know who, if it's you know, who runs it, called Cat Turd Two. Do we not know who runs Cat Turd? I think he's still anonymous. No, he's not been. Whoever oh, runs Cat Turd Two is not, not even Cat Turd. It's Cat Turd Two. Yeah, it's a shitty sequel. Nobody asked for. Everybody knows how bad cat turds are. Once, at least with a dog, it's outside. It's in the grass. You pick it up. It's in the bag. It's gone. The cat turds. They sit. They sit in the sand. They clump yeah. up. You know, yeah. you gotta scoop in there, dig them out. I mean, if you're talking about animal you gotta feces, put them between sandwich bread. No, you gotta eat them. If we're talking about animal feces, this is the most annoying kind. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I would say. The cat turd? Bird bird poop falling bird on turd? you is another one, but... Bird turd too. But, like, horse apples, you know, you can <laughs> avoid in the street. They're very easy to see. What the hell see. is a horse apple? I don't know. I thought that's what it was called. I gotta go. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Well, okay. I don't even want to be around anymore. <laughs> what is happening so things started to sour between elon and cat turn two uh this started to happen when musk tweeted about how uh twitter will continue to combat hate and harassment and enforce election integrity policies and that uh, Elon spoke to civil society leaders from organizations like the Anti-Defamation League, the NAACP, and the League of United Latin American Citizens. This uh, made a lot of people on the right unhappy with Musk, including Catter too, who uh, tweeted this. I admit when I'm wrong, and I was 100% wrong about Elon Musk changing Twitter. The new Twitter meowderation council <laughs> Don't is... Don't change true. stuff to meow. <laughs> <laughs> The new Twitter moderation console is just a bunch of far-left fanatic groups who were never targeted here. No average Joes, no real conservatives, no one to represent the people actually targeted. 41,000 likes. Yeah. Yep. What is he, what is Cat Turd complaining about? He's risen to fame in the, in the existing system. Why are they all complaining? <laughs> You're right. It's like Cat Turd 2 has more followers than I will ever have, but he's still complaining about how he's like, you know, he and his ilk are shadow banned or suppressed just, or whatever bullshit. I'll tell you what it is. They hate that there's no sort of like uh, popular is not the right word, but sort of official sort of media group that caters to the right. You've got Fox News and, uh, you know, obviously, but Facebook and Twitter and Hollywood and everybody is speaking. They're, they just all they want is what they're mad about is that they feel like B movies. You know, it's like B content. You know, and that's all they care about. They go, it's unfair. It's unfair. Why can't Hollywood make a good movie about how awesome it is to be a conservative? Why does it have to be a shitty fucking mess like the John Schneider movie? Like, you know, it, it's just. I mean, you named yourself Cat Turd. What, what are people supposed to do with this? Like elevate you to fucking fame on the back of that? I'm sorry, but. And like... they have. You have Elon Musk answering you yeah. personally. Yeah. Elon Musk.
Digging through the litter. So, I mean, here's what I think that Elon Musk is going to uh, eventually learn is that these people are like perpetually aggrieved. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they, they achieve their status by feeling like they're the underdogs and the pressed and being stepped on by the man and the structures and everything. Like, it's like, it's not that they don't, they don't can't conceive of a way in which it would end. And so they, they're going to turn on him eventually if they haven't already. And then he's going to have to go crying back to the libs, and they won't want him. And then what will Elon do? Whatever he wants. Whatever right. he wants. You can't win. So another side of tension between the right Elon Musk is his defense of Yoel Roth, who is the head of safety integrity at Twitter. So back in 2017, Yoel Roth um, made the factual observation that there were some actual Nazis in the White House. Uh, this, this, may, this makes a lot of uh, sort of like conservative influencers very, very mad. The uh, Newsmax host, Benny Johnson, said this. Dear at Elon Musk, I want you to succeed at Twitter. This critique is based only on cold, hard facts. You will never restore public trust at Twitter when the guy in charge thinks 100 million Americans who support America first are literal Nazis. Not possible. At Yo-Yo-L must go. So I, I, I have to say, I don't envy any Twitter employee right now, but uh, Yoel Roth's having an especially tough time uh, because he's being, he's, being, he's being thought of basically as the Twitter deep state. Um, and so he's being targeted for that reason. And honestly, he, is, he has done as good a job as anyone could do of keeping uh, Twitter you know, uh, in line with its own policies against like hate and other, other things. Boo! Boo! <laughs> On Twitter, I started doing a bit where I said, hello, I'm an anonymous person at Twitter. I know all about Elon Musk's secret plan to make Twitter great again, but Musk's plans are being thwarted by longtime Twitter employees, a deep corporate board, if you will. Follow me to learn about the secret battle of good versus evil. I said that because I really think that's going to happen. What's going to happen is that it is because this whole situation reminds me a lot of the early days of the Trump presidency, where like a lot of people really thought that, oh, yeah, Hillary is going to be locked up and the swamp is going to be drained. And we're going to learn about all the crimes of Obama and everyone from the Obama administration is going to prison and Guantanamo Bay and it's going to happen. And then the months passed by and it just wasn't happening. It just didn't seem like there was a lot of progress being made on that front. And so, of course, they were primed for QAnon. They had to in order to resolve that cognitive dissonance between what they thought was going to happen and what was actually happening they were led to believe that there was a secret plan there was a secret battle inside the government between good versus evil and that's probably what's going to happen here is that the months as the months pass by people who think that twitter's uh or think that musk take over twitter is going to be this glorious thing that uh, reveal a lot of corruption and then it'll fix everything and then they'll there'll be no more shadow bans or whatever bullshit they're going to start realizing that it's not going to happen, so they're going to start blaming some kind of Twitter deep state, and they're going to start thinking that there's a battle of good versus evil, and quite possibly, they're going to start uh, believing sort of like unfounded rumors about like the moves and counter moves between Elon Musk and this corporate deep state. Yes, when meanwhile, the answer will probably, ju- what, the, what the truth is, will probably be something very boring and mean nothing like for example you know elon goes in there and he's like i want to get rid of all the bots 
this is what I'm going to do. And they're going to go, well, Elon, the we've bot, been trying. Yeah, Elon, we've been trying. It's it's literally impossible. Or it'll be something like, actually, well, the bots drive up like this engagement and, and result in, I mean, our entire ad revenue actually is based on bots promoting this cut. So there's actually nothing we can do there. It's like what it's like. It's the same thing with Trump comes in, says, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to do gets in and actually gets into the presidency. And people will go. Well, Donald Trump, yeah, we've investigated her, uh, you know, 47 times. And unfortunately, we can't find a single crime committed by Hillary Clinton. We've tried. You know, it's just nobody ever knows what's happening behind the scenes. So whatever promises they make or changes they make don't mean anything. Well, what's actually happening is exactly what happened under Trump. Like half the people get fired. Uh, the rules are made up on the fly by an idiot. And uh, <laughs> everybody starts to, like, feel a distrust and, <laughs> and turn on each other internally. That's, you know, yeah, let's go, baby. Unfortunately, the news of Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter intersects with our next big story. That is the home invasion and assault of Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi. What happened was, in the early morning of October 28th, a very unwell man named David DePop broke into the Pelosi residence looking for Nancy Pelosi. The man instead found Paul Pelosi and proceeded to assault the 82-year-old venture capitalist with a hammer. So it was very clear immediately that this was another example of someone radicalized by right-wing rhetoric online. But the incident came at an inconvenient time for Republicans because the midterm elections are right around the corner. So instead, they tried to throw up a smokescreen of nonsense, conspiracy theories, and disinformation in an attempt to distract from uncomfortable facts. So before we kind of like talk about the conspiracy, I want to try and lay out what is actually known about the incident. And to do that, I'm going to rely on the court filing related to the federal charges that Depop is facing. On October 28th, 2022, at 2.23 a.m., San Francisco Dispatch received a 911 call from Paul Pelosi. Pelosi stated words to the effect of there is a male in the home and that the male is going to wait for Pelosi's wife. Pelosi further conveyed that he does not know who the male is. The male said his name is David. At 2.31 a.m., San Francisco Police Department officer Colby Wilms responded to the Pelosi residence and knocked on the front door. When the door was opened, Pelosi and DePop were both holding a hammer with one hand and DePop had his other hand holding on to Pelosi's forearm. Pelosi greeted the officers. The officers asked them what was going on. DePop responded that everything was good. Officers then asked Pelosi and DePop to drop the hammer. DePop pulled the hammer from Pelosi's hand and swung the hammer, striking Pelosi in the head. Officers immediately went inside and were able to restrain DePop. While officers were restraining DePop, Pelosi appeared to be unconscious on the ground. Officers removed a cell phone, cash, clipper cards, and an unidentified card from DePop's right shorts pocket. DePop provided officers his first and last name. After officers asked DePop if he had an ID on him, DePop said it might be in his backpack on the back porch and later stated his backpack was near the broken glass. When officers removed DePop from Pelosi's residence, police body-worn camera footage showed a glass door that appeared to be laminated glass broken near the door handle. San Francisco Police Department recovered zip ties in Pelosi's bedroom and in the hallway near the front door of the Pelosi residence. In addition, law enforcement searched DePop's backpack at the Pelosi residence and they found, among other things, a roll of tape, white rope, one hammer, one pair of rubber and cloth gloves, and a journal. 
Pelosi remained hospitalized Saturday, recovering from surgery to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his right arm and hand. Um, it sounds like Depop was not in a good place. Uh, CNN reported that an acquaintance of Depop's named Linda Schneider got to know the man roughly eight years ago and that he occasionally house sat for her. When they met, she said, Depop was living in a storage unit in the Berkeley area and told her that he had been struggling with hard drugs, but he was, quote, trying to create a new life for himself. So what exactly motivated Depop to do such a horrible thing? Uh, he left behind a pair of far-right blogs called Friendly Friends and The Loving God. Many posts are filled with screeds against Jews, black people, Democrats, the media, and transgender people. There was also some anti-Catholic screeds. Uh, for example, he made this post in reference to the Eucharist. Other than Satanism, I know of at least one major religion with millions of devout followers around the world that believes in the power of human sacrifice. This evil religion is so common you probably have heard of it. You may even practice it. Yeah, so again, some, some, some uh, chick track stuff. In a August 23rd entry, Depop wrote, quote, Either Q is Trump himself, or Q is the deep state moles within Trump's inner circle. He also wrote, quote, How did I get into all this? Gamergate. It was Gamergate. The New York Times managed to get an interview with a man who once employed Depop. His name is Frank Cicerelli. Here's from that report. Over the six years he has known Mr. DePop, Mr. Cicerelli said he witnessed a transformation from a shy and hardworking but troubled man into someone who is increasingly isolated and captive to his darkest thoughts. Quote, if you got him talking about politics, it was all over, Mr. Cicerelli recalled in an interview this week, because he really believed in the whole MAGA, Pizzagate, stolen election, you know, all of it, all the way down the line. <laughs> you know? It's a common thing. Once you believe uh, sort of one bullshit conspiracy theory kind of opens you up to everything else. Mm -hmm. Now, in response to these events, the, and especially the, uh, the blogs in which he sort of revealed his beliefs, there was a conspiracy theory that these blogs were like created on the day of the attacks. Mm -hmm. um, that's not true. They were been up for months, but they were only archived on the day of the attacks because people sought them out and archived them. So like people misunderstood that. You know, that uh, just because someone is some, some blog has only been archived recently, that doesn't mean it was created recently. Yeah, that's a good point to make, because I've seen a lot of that going around. There's there is um, so many, you know, it's like it's so fucked when you see this stuff, when when somebody who is radicalized by conspiracies and far right thinking actually commits violence. There is this like rush on the on the right to. Uh, you know, uh, minimalize it or or frame it as as lies or frame it as, you know, part of a bigger conspiracy. You know, it's mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and oftentimes with crimes like this, you know, we won't have the full story, uh, you know, for some time until, you know, everything sort of gets investigated, uncovered and uncovered. And then that information uh, gets reported by you know, major media outlets. And so, you know, this idea of using a misunderstanding like the archiving of the website is is used to sow doubt in people's minds about actual reporting. And I think that's it's important to point out. You know, a lot of people tried to claim that this was like maybe a random act of violence or something, but they pop also gave an interview with the San Francisco Police Department, in which he made clear why he was doing this. DePop stated that he was going to hold Nancy hostage and talk to her. If Nancy were to tell DePop the truth, he would let her go. And if she lied, he was going to break her kneecaps. 
DePop was certain that Nancy would not have told the truth. In the course of the interview, DePop articulated he viewed Nancy as the leader of the pack of lies told by the Democratic Party. DePop also later explained that by breaking Nancy's kneecaps, she would then have to be wheeled into Congress, which would show other members of Congress there were consequences to actions. DePop also explained generally that he wanted to use Nancy to lure another individual to DePop. DePop stated that he broke into the house through a glass door, which was a difficult task that required the use of a hammer. DePop stated that Pelosi was in bed and appeared surprised by DePop. DePop told Pelosi to wake up. DePop told Pelosi that he was looking for Nancy. Pelosi responded that she was not present. Pelosi asked how they could resolve the situation and what DePop wanted to do. DePop stated he wanted to tie Pelosi up so that DePop could go to sleep as he was tired from having had to carry a backpack to the Pelosi residence. Around this time, according to DePop, DePop started taking out twist ties from his pocket so that he could restrain Pelosi. Pelosi moved towards another part of the house, but DePop stopped him and together they went back into the bedroom. While talking with each other, Pelosi went into a bathroom where Pelosi grabbed a phone to call 911. DePop stated he felt like Pelosi's actions compelled him to respond. DePop remembered thinking that there was no way the police were going to forget about the phone call. DePop explained that he did not leave after Pelosi's call to 911 because, much like the American founding fathers with the British, he was fighting against tyranny without the option of surrender. You're fucking Canadian, man. The fuck are you talking about? DePop stated that they went downstairs to the front door. The police arrived and knocked on the door, and Pelosi ran over and opened it. Pelosi grabbed onto DePop's hammer, which was in DePop's hand. At this point in the interview, DePop repeated that DePop did not plan to surrender and he would go through Pelosi. Within hours of the attack, a series of unsubstantiated claims started circulating in fringe far-right circles that contradicted the official police account of how the attack unfolded. One of the claims made online was that David DePop was found in his underwear. This claim from a single outlet, and the claim was quickly retracted. So what happened was that KTVU Fox 2 in the Bay Area initially reported that DePop was in his underwear when he was apprehended. The news outlet has since corrected that mistake, and they added an editor's note to the article. But from this false detail, uh, conspiracists started claiming that David DePop was not a home intruder, but was rather... Paul Pelosi's lover, or possibly a prostitute that Paul Pelosi had hired. I don't want to be a dick about it, but like, DePop is not, I mean, if you're going to have like a boy toy and you have as much money as Pelosi, like you're going to not yeah, buy really. a DePop. You're not, yeah, you're not, that's not right. going to happen. If you are, if you are a venture capitalist, if you have venture capitalist money, you're not hiring a 42-year-old boy toy. Mm-mm. No way. I want to point out to like, if you are a sort of like a far-right conspiracist foot, foot soldier, and you carry out the uh, sort of like acts of real-world action that you think is necessary to save the country. Your allies aren't going to come rushing to your defense when you get arrested. They're going to call you fake and gay. Yeah. So this belief was amplified by Congressman Clay Higgins. He, he tweeted a picture of Nancy Pelosi with this caption. That moment you realize the nudist hippie male prostitute LSD guy was the reason your husband didn't make it to your fundraiser. So the claim was also pushed by QAnon promoter Dustin Nemos. On this episode, it seems that uh, Pelosi's husband was hammered by and or with a gay prostitute late at night who was in his home, found in their underwear possibly, uh, although that was retracted by Fox News quickly after they put it out there for some reason. 
I don't know, the story keeps changing. We will uh, keep you up to date. But apparently this nudist far-left radical gay prostitute somehow converted into a conservative MAGA alt-right leader overnight. If you, you know, follow these things, that's how it generally goes. Every time something bad happens, they try to pin it on conservatives, no matter how little sense that that makes. That bit about him being a nudist. So this comes from a 2013 article in the San Francisco Chronicle that identified the man as a hemp jewelry maker and said they lived with a nudist activist. Uh, other photos published by the Chronicle show they pop while fully clothed at a nude wedding on the steps of the San Francisco City Hall. These details somehow made some conservatives conclude that actually he was a full-on lefty, which is really weird because we, as like, it's pretty established now that uh, that there's a new age to QAnon pipeline. There's no contradiction between being a star child or being into new age stuff and being radicalized by Pizzagate. OAN also ran with the theory that actually he was some sort of um, lover of Paul Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, the crypt keeper of Washington, roundly condemned the attack on her husband, and rightly so. No one should be assaulted in their own home, whether the attacker was actually invited over for some spirited horseplay that turned into a lover's quarrel or not. Former President Donald Trump also hinted at this theory. Uh, he suggested that someone involved with the incident was trying to get out rather than it being a break-in. Well, it's uh, weird things going on in that household in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, probably you and I are better not talking about it. Cause, <laughs> but the glass, it seems, was broken from the inside to the out. And, you know, that was so it wasn't a break-in. It was a breakout. I don't know. You know, you hear the same things I do. Yeah, the the, uh, the 9-11 tape seems to suggest that uh, they that he knew the identity of the guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of bad stuff. I'm not a fan of Nancy Pelosi, but what's going on there is very sad. Very yeah, I sad. just, it seems to me there would be security evidence of this. There just seems to be more to this story. Would, would it be yep. safe to say? This is, I think, more than the traffic accident, it looks like to me. I <laughs> but think the but traffic depending on Republicans or you, sir, I mean, how absurd. Clearly, this was a deranged man. We know that much. Yeah. It's, the whole thing is crazy. I mean, if there's even a little bit of truth to what's being said. Okay, so he doesn't, he sounds kind of like he does he's not cold. sound so good. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, and how, come on, do I, do I really need to listen to some AM radio guy try to, try to get Trump to, to co-sign more conspiracies? I mean, this is like, it's so interesting. It, it's almost as if like, you know. You have, you know, the the conspiracist in chief, and now this guy is like, well, don't you think it's a little, don't you think it's a little weird that they were doing this and all this? And it's like he's pushing Trump to say more conspiracies, which he's more than happy to oblige him. But even, even you know, for, for Trump, I mean, he even shows a little bit of restraint here. Yeah, it's funny that he keeps like hinting at like, oh, you know what they're saying, you know what they're saying about the whole thing, but he's not, he's not willing to bring himself to actually say it. No. Now, to make matters worse, Elon Musk also amplified this claim. After Hillary Clinton tweeted an article about the assailant's extremist beliefs, Musk responded with a link to a conspiracist website called the Santa Monica Observer. And Musk said this. There is a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. The article alleges that Pelosi was drunk and in a fight with a male prostitute. Musk later deleted that tweet without an explanation or apology. Now, 
this website that he posted was kind of interesting, considering he now he owns Twitter. Uh, it's the Santa Monica Observer. It's a notorious for publishing a lot of fake news. For example, it published claims in 2016 that Hillary Clinton was actually dead and that a body double <laughs> debated Donald Trump. Oh, God. God. <laughs> it's not even a remotely plausible conspiracy. No, it's, it's just it's, trash. It's real JFK Jr. lives level bullshit. Months after the Clinton claim, um, the news site also incorrectly reported that Trump had appointed Kanye West to a high-level position in the Interior Department. More recently, um, this website falsely reported that Bill Gates was personally responsible for the polio epidemic. It was like weekly world news level insane horseshit. Who and is here, sending the this shit to fucking Musk? man in the world. The new owner of Twitter is posting, hey, check out this. It, with 100 million followers, it's fucking insanity. Yeah, because I'm sure somebody fucking sent it to him, and he was like, "Ooh, juicy!" Like, "Oh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll post it under Hillary." Like, "Oh my god!" Ah, oh, who cares? It's all for the worms now. It is. There was another claim going around that the break-in was not captured by security cameras. Now, it turns out there was security cameras, but they weren't being actively monitored in the early morning because Nancy Pelosi was out of town at the time. Uh, the Washington Post reported that Capitol Police didn't spot the incident until the local police already arrived. Inside the command center for the U.S. Capitol Police, a handful of officers were going through their routines early Friday morning, cycling through live feeds from the department's 1,800 cameras used to monitor the nearby Capitol complex, as well as some points beyond when an officer stopped. On a screen showing a darkened street nearly 3,000 miles away, police lights were flashing outside the home of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, officials say. The officer in D.C. quickly pulled up additional camera angles from around Pelosi's home and began to backtrack, watching recordings from the minutes before San Francisco police arrived. There, on camera, was a man with a hammer breaking a glass panel and entering the Speaker's home, according to three people familiar with how Capitol Police learned of the break-in and who have been briefed on or viewed the video themselves. Now, this is actually uh, an interesting point to touch on because there are a lot of conspiracy theories going around saying, oh, well, well the cameras were broken or it's just like Epstein or, the, you know, my security camera at home, you know, records uh, all the time. So uh, there is a video, actually, uh, obviously just hasn't been released yet. But um, so that that counter that counter uh, acts, uh, the claims people that people are making that the cameras were, you know, uh, coincidentally sort of shut off at the time. It's not the case. Yeah, it's just, yeah, there's no substance to that claim at all. Now, it's just, what's, what's going on here, I think is pretty straightforward. So here was an unwell man who was radicalized by right-wing conspiracy theories. And he was radicalized in the violence. And this is a thing that has happened frequently over and over again. Uh, I mean, a couple of months ago, uh, a Trump fan attempted to assault the FBI office in Cincinnati with a nail gun before dying in a shootout. Uh, very recently, it was reported that a QAnon follower who even had like a Q sticker on his car was convicted of murder. Uh, this is the case of a uh, California man, Rory Banks, who is 44 years old. It, what happened was he found a list of sex offenders in his area and he straight up just killed one of them. So it's not like a wild thing to say that like, oh, a man who was not doing so great was like, you know, found this, this, you know, this conspiracist worldview and found it very fulfilling. And then he decided to uh, not, not just leave it online. He decided to take his beliefs out into the real world. Uh, now, 
What I find kind of disturbing is not the conspiracy theories themselves, is the purpose of the conspiracy theories. And it was basically to cover up this sort of the root cause of this extremist violence. It's not even about like, you know, Paul Pelosi. It's the fact that these sorts of these these narratives just literally hours after the assault happened, they all sprung up and they meant to like, you know, cover up the very plain facts of what was really happening. Yeah, what's interesting is that it's like it's not enough to just say, oh, you know, the Pelosi's are corrupt. Uh, They do insider trading. Uh, You know, there's a variety of different ways to kind of, uh, I think, criticize the Pelosi's that don't include covering up for some guy who broke in with a hammer and attacked a guy's skull. You know, absurd. And not to mention, there's there's not an ounce of empathy uh, for this, you know, 80 year old guy uh, who was savagely attacked in his in his own house there. It's it's literally just not even taking time to let the human tragedy of both Paul Pelosi and this very sick guy whose you know, life is, you know, he's going to probably spend the rest of his life in jail. Um You know, you are immediately rushing to figure out how this can be twisted so that nobody, you know, God forbid anybody thinks that that the rhetoric that the Republicans hammer on day in, day out uh, is going to lead to like physical real world violence. Never that. Well, I also think this is another consequence of viewing everything through the lens of like narrative warfare, where they think that, well, the narrative of someone radicalized by like Pizzagate and uh, other sort of conspiracy theories and and radicalized into violence, that's a narrative designed to make the right look bad. So you got to counter that with your own narratives that actually make like the Pelosi household look bad. I mean, you know, it's very kind of like postmodernist belief uh, that there's no real sort of like solid empirical truth that corresponds to um, that, that, that corresponds to reality. It's just everything's just a narrative fighting against other narratives. And sadly, this is just going to lead to a stronger police state, more surveillance, more paranoia about like, you know, these these lower class people coming to hurt us. Um, mm. So, yeah, we just Cons- lose all around. Worm cons- world. Conspiracies about Fucking to pop. World. You know, uh, he was not acting alone. He was sent by somebody, you know, he's, uh, you know, a trained assassin. I mean, you're just in a, in a world where it is almost unimaginable that, that one of our highest ranking government officials home, uh, was so susceptible to a violent attack. People are going to rush to try to explain how that happened and why it happened. Not that just like unhinged people are just pushed closer and closer to violence because they're just surrounded by incomprehensible things, uh, just profound corruption, and then people trying to like lie to them to weaponize them in their fucking narrative warfare. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for $5 a month to get a whole second episode every single week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes, of which there are hundreds now. Hundreds. There's also the entire 10-episode run of Trickle Down by Travis View that explores what happens when disinformation comes from the top. Correct. And we are in the middle of... 10 episodes of Man Clan, which is exploring online masculinists and misogynists and the world of trying to teach young men how to be strong boys. 
And if you're a subscriber already, uh, you obviously have access to both of the uh, miniseries that Julian just mentioned. And uh, special thanks from us for helping us stay advertising free and editorially independent. Yeah, thanks so much. For everything else, we've got a website, QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Elon Musk's Hyperloop prototype tube is gone. Hawthorne neighbors wanted their streets back. The above-ground Hyperloop testing tube in Hawthorne had sat idle for several years, drawing complaints about road and pedestrian access, as well as questions of its purpose.